welcome to the Warrior Goddess Revolution, a podcast dedicated to helping you get free, free of shame, free of fear, free of limitations, and free to become the woman you are meant to be. Let the inner revolution begin. Here's your host, Heather Ash Amara. Welcome back, everyone, to Warrior Goddess Revolution, and I'm so happy to have here my friend Himalaya, and I wish you could see, we may share the video or a photo. She just recently moved to Costa Rica, and there's just mm, so yummy to see and to feel, yes, the, the beauty that's there. So welcome, Himalaya. So good to have you on Thank the podcast. Mm. Uh, yay yay so I'm trying to think about where we met I think that's one of those things that just being in the same circles and then I came down to Los Angeles to do that incredible event with you and that was that's right. that physically yeah yes 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 but I yeah I, I definitely knew of you yes spiritual warrior sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So for those of our listeners that are new to you, will you share a little bit about your background and your passions and what made you who you are now, the glorious goddess that you are now? Thank you. Um, Well, I think it started way back in my childhood days. (laughs) Well, I, I got the, you know, I had the privilege and the hardships of also being in an Indian family. You know, my parents are both from, they're immigrants from Punjab, India, and they migrated to Canada. And I was born in Canada. So I had this mixed view of life and spirituality and culture. And, uh, and so yoga came to me at a younger age, the Ayurvedic practices came to me, even though we didn't call them Ayurvedic practices growing up, it was just what we did, you know, putting the oil on the head and the massaging the, the body and, you know, drinking ghee and all the things, all these, you know, very, very um, wonderful practices for your health. It all came to me when I was younger. Uh, but when I found myself was really in my twenties, I had been, you know, I found also in my late twenties or in my late teens, I found drugs. I found like, you know, this wonderful way to connect let's just say, or disconnect from what I was experiencing in life. And uh, I went into my early twenties and really had this feeling of like, okay, this is not it. I'm not finding, I'm not finding who I am this way. This is not it. And I dove full on into all of a sudden yoga, like really practicing yoga in my own living room um, through a book. And then uh, also at that same time, reconnecting with my culture's music and dance. Um, and that was just because I was like lying on the floor in a yoga session with myself and feeling kind of sad, like really just having sadness come out, you know, when we're moving our bodies and coming into sort of connection with ourselves in that way. For me, I really was like tears. I was like, okay. All of a sudden, the idea came of, let me put some music on. The music that popped up at that time, I think it was a CD or a tape maybe even. (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) Uh, Dating myself there. But anyway, put on some music, whatever I had. And it happened to be Bhangra. Bhangra is my family's music. We grew up with this music at our weddings and our, our 
you know, celebrational times. We also played it every pretty, pretty much every weekend. My family would get together with my, we would get together with cousins, uncles, and aunties, and we would always play the music. And at some point we would all be dancing and moving. And so it was so appropriate for that time in my life where I was looking for something. I was looking for myself. I was looking for connection. And it was right there. I put on the music and immediately, like still with tears in my eyes. And I got up and I started moving. You know, it's like kind of like that, the sound of the music. Maybe I can play something for us. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to share my, oh yes, I can. Okay, cool. I will play something at, at some point. Um, but yeah, like I started playing, dancing around. And then within minutes, there was this ecstatic feeling, this joy. And I was like, this is where it's at. You know, yes, to find ourselves, it's rough sometimes because we got to go through the drudge of like who we're not, right? Like get through who we are not. And just to play that music for a moment was like, but we can also do it with joy. It doesn't have to be this like, ah, oh, this is wrong with me. And this is wrong with me. This is why I'm not worthy of like, you know, just all this stuff that we can go spiraling into. And it was a moment. And at that time, I was just coming into really sharing yoga with my family, sharing yoga with my friends. And I started weaving it with dance. And that's sort of how, and now all of my work is embodied leadership. You know, it's utilizing the through line is dance. The through line is breath. The through line is yoga as a way of life, not just the yoga asana that you see postures. It's like yoga as the way of life. Yoga really means union, union with yourself, union with the divine, union with the connection, the earth that we live in harmony with or try to. Um, it's union. So it's the pathway. So it's like really infused everything. And sort of the, that's like the, the, the history of how I came into the movement part of like uh, this work. And now really this, this last 10 years has been really focused on supporting spiritual women, women who are healers, channelers, yoginis, um, women who are desiring to really support healing of the planet, healing of others support in that way, but don't necessarily have an inkling of how to run a business. <laughs> so I support women really creating businesses, magnetizing their clients to them through this pathway that we call embody leadership. So that's sort of, yeah, I mean, I'll stop there because I can keep on going. <laughs> the image of you doing yoga and being serious and like the tears and then getting up and dancing and your whole body just going, ah, oh, that's right. This is in my being already. And then bringing that forward, because you are such a beautiful weaver of tradition and embodiment. So it makes my heart happy to, to think about you and feel you as a, young, a youngster. And was it challenging for you being from an Indian family and being in Canada? Sounds like you had a lot of family support. And also, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you went to Western regular Canadian schools with a lot of oh yeah yeah there's a lot of cultural confusion for sure because I wanted to fit in you know I think a lot of us at that time that our parents were first generation 
come to, you know, North America and it was challenging because, oh yeah. I mean, I just wanted to fit in, but we were brown people that were definitely very different in our culture and our dress and our long, long hair. Like I kept long, long hair, um, in our Sikh tradition, like the, the culture S I K H Sikh tradition, as some, some of you say, um, it's the Dharma is to keep our hair long, keep our power and all of that. And so it was different and we smelled like curry. So <laughs> it's like all the things we were very different. Um, and that was confusing because, you know, we were made, I was made fun of, there was definitely racism. There was definitely prejudicism and all of that. And, it was so confusing because, I mean, yeah. I mean, one thing one thing I will say is like, this is the, the part that confused me the most is like people that were making fun of myself and some other brown folk that were in our small little town at that time, um, they all tanned. They all lied in the sun and tanned their skin, but then they made fun of us for being that color. So it was like, I'm really confused. <laughs> I don't get it. So confusing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Um, and I just wanted to fit in. So for many years, Heather Ash, I really like every night I would pray. I would just pray, please, God, make me blonde, blue eyed and give me some boobs, too, because that's what I wanted. <laughs> While we're time. at it. Yeah. <laughs> While I'm asking, well, you just. Yeah. Right. So but that was the thing is like I wanted a different body. I wanted a different color. I wanted a different you know, everything I wanted to fit in. I wanted blonde hair, blue eyes, and a body that matched the people around me so I could fit in. And of course, you know, through my process of transformation and, and so much work and, and the embodying work, work, especially, it just brought me more and more into a self-acceptance with self-love and then presence of, oh, this is the gift. Being different is the gift. And, you know, now there's, you know, so many of us finding our pathway in that way. So that, that, that feels good. And I feel like that was part of the work here to support others, finding their uniqueness and embracing it. And, and I continue to do that with this pathway of embodied leadership for sure. But yeah, confusing when I was younger and then, and that's always the way, right? Like that's the lesson for us all is like, whatever the struggles are, I promise you. When, like when you go through them versus avoid them, right? Versus me dying my skin. Like I could have dyed my skin. I could have bleached my, you know, obviously that wouldn't have done anything. But, you know, rather than like trying to change ourselves for like fitting in, embrace and utilize it to go through. Because on the other side, it's pretty freaking cool so cool to be like, Oh, I hold some medicine over here with my differentness, you know? And we all do. We all have differentness. Yeah. So with me, it was culture, but for others, it's different, right? Others it's like, they didn't fit in because they were weird in another way, way, you know, like witchy. And a lot of us are witchy. We had, you know, these different abilities and things like that, that, that didn't quite fit in. (laughs) And it's interesting, I've been thinking about this idea of belonging and how there's, we all have this yearning to belong and there's beauty in that and there's a curse in that. Because if the belonging is, I need to be blonde and blue-eyed to belong, 
then you're having to reject yourself to feel a sense of connection. But that place, like you're saying, of, of going through, like I can still belong to myself and to chosen community by being authentic in who I am. And that's the communities that are inviting people in exactly how they are, are so crucial. And I know that that's a big part of your work is that honoring of everyone's differences and superpowers through the differences. And that kind of belonging is so healing rather than even more isolating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. May we all find that superpower of our ourselves and our community that can see us love us and we can love them yeah I feel like that's what it's all about absolutely and what brought you from Canada then to the United States the sun (laughs) (laughs) when I when I was um how old I was 19 and I moved from Toronto area to so that's at like east you know above new york there and then over to vancouver british columbia which is very west coast above seattle there and seattle north northern part of america north america is like and northwest america is like dark cloudy cold rainy and i spent 10 years there and i just kept dreaming five years in i was on my way to la and Lucky for me at that time, they denied me at the border because they noticed that I had two big, huge suitcases and I was didn't have a return ticket. Little did I know back then that I was a no-no. <laughs> but it was really good because I feel like I wouldn't have been ready to be in LA. I was very much needed to do, got to do more work in Vancouver on myself and let go of some of those things I was sharing with you is like, letting go of the drugs and the da, 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 all of that to find myself. That was not going to bring me into finding myself and then going into therapy and transformational work and, you know, um, finding my spiritual teacher, all of that happened in those five years, but I always knew I wanted to go to LA. Didn't want to, you know, be in the entertainment industry per se, but I knew there was something calling me. And when I went there to visit, I went there to visit between those five years that were like the last five years before moving there. Um, I really felt it. I got off the airplane. I was like, whoa, I was walking off the airplane into the airport. And I was like, I've been here before. (gasps) I have been here. Just give me goosebumps even saying that right now. So there was a, there was a calling. I followed it, got there, went totally diving into my yoga, spiritual practice, uh, spiritual seeking, um, going to India at that time. Again, I had gone as a child a couple of times, but I hadn't gone as an adult. Uh, so all of that happened as I landed back, landed into LA as when I moved there. But that first time stepping just for that a couple of weeks, I think I went for a couple of weeks. I was like, wow, I've been here before. And I was very clear. I was, you know, wanting to go back there and it was the sun because, you know, Vancouver was good to do the work though. You know, some of those dark, darker places where there's not that much sun, great opportunity to dive in, dive in. Can't really do anything else. So So true. And then what was it like for you as an adult to go back to India? 
And it sounds like you're at this time, you're reclaiming your heritage, you're finding your Mm -hmm. way, you're knowing the power of the teachings that's part of your lineage. So how was that journey? It was like coming home, really. It was like everything made sense. I had gone to an Ayurvedic uh, clinic and been on a yoga retreat and dove, you know, it just had such, I went for a few months. I was there for three, four months and, and I went to places that I didn't go when I was a child, you know, cause that when we went, it was all of where my family's from is from Punjab in the North. And I didn't even go to the North. I went all to the South and went to Mumbai, Bombay, Mumbai. So it was, really extraordinary it was seriously like coming home and again everything made sense my the language made sense the uh, yeah it was just funny it was great it was great it was coming home yeah so much power in that and now I always talk to people just because I've spent so much time in India now and got to visit as a child and had such a huge impact there and the misconceptions around Hinduism, around Sikhism, around, you know, like all of the, the different, really, because there's many different religions in India, many different belief systems, and the, the misunderstanding in the West around them is so deep. And it's interesting to be in this time now, because this is new in our lifetime where yoga is this big deal. Like when we were young, it was not a big thing here at all. It was weird, Right. And now everyone does yoga or almost it's like so normalized. And yet so often the understanding of the culture and the history of India is missing from that. So I think that's fascinating. I think it's fascinating too. I mean, it's really, it's again, one of those things of like, as I embraced myself more, I was noticing, of course, the world was reflecting like, oh, these Westerners doing yoga. And I was like, what is happening? And then chanting the mantras. You know, when I first saw Krishna Das, somebody invited me when I first got to LA, somebody invited me to a Krishna Das, uh, you know, concert. I had no idea who Krishna Das was. And you might not either, whoever's listening, but like, but he was like a big deal in the yoga field. You know, he had like started mantra as, as a, as a concert thing. Like he, he was, but when I saw it, I was like, what is happening right now? This is extraordinary. <laughs> like I had gone from this, experience when I was younger of like hiding my culture to then Westerners showing me my culture in this way. I was just like, what is happening? This is amazing. So it was, I I know it's not for me accepting myself, but as I accepted myself, there was all this like reflection of, you know, it was just really, really extraordinary. Yeah. 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 And I was like, whoa. I would have never imagined sitting in Gurdwara. Gurdwara is our church of the, the, the Sikh tradition. And I would have never imagined Westerners chanting these prayers and things I grew up, you know, with. I was, just, I was like, this is a trip. I was like, am I on LSD right now? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Alternative universe has opened up. Something is up. Yes. Oh my goodness. I would have never, never imagined, but it is wonderful. It's wonderful to, you know, to see the culture being embraced and, uh, and that, you know, there's, there's definitely some, 
appropriation and things like that and all of that to, to weed through. But, um, but all in all, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel happy. Why not? It's such a rich culture. Utilize it for your health and your well-being and for the world's health, health and well-being. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Remember a great story of uh, Jai Utal, who's another yes. cat person. I love Jai. Talking yeah. about going to India for the first time, or one of the first times, and having being at like this huge concert with thousands of people, and he's playing. He was super nervous about playing. And he starts playing, and everyone, of course, closes their eyes and starts singing with him. And he's like, oh, right. This is not mine. This Like, why am I worried? Everybody is here in relationship to God, not as to me as a performer. Yeah. And yeah, Jai really is, gets that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. so fun. It is so true. That's in exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that place of the the sacredness and the joy and the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What were you going to ask? So you're in Los Angeles and yes. you are finding all of these places of reflection and I'm sure lots of healing and lots of opening. And then how did you find your way into bringing in people into their bodies into, when I think about you, Himalaya, I think about ecstasy through the body, that that's so much your, your joy of inviting people back into relationship with life through dance, through movement, through prayer, through love. So how did you, you know, what were some of your pathways or stepping stones towards that? Oh, that's a great question. One of the things when you, as you're asking that, what's coming to, to my mind right now, my heart is, I noticed how uncomfortable we are in our bodies in the West, especially, right? Like in, in India and in the culture in India, from, it, it feels like it doesn't matter what shape and size you are. There is an embrace. There is a joy. There's not like you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that. It's like dance, move, play, breathe. And so I noticed that here in the West, including myself, I was uncomfortable in this body, like contracted, feeling tension, a lot of tension. And so that was one of the things I noticed. And then we spend a lot of time in our heads along with that. So uncomfort in our body disconnection, uncomfort in our body. And a lot of time up here, I was uncomfortable there. (laughs) I was like, this sucks. Why do we do, why are we doing this? And so when I would have these opportunities to lead or, you know, be at a festival and all of this, and I was invited to teach a yoga class and I have probably never called myself a yoga teacher. I have done some teacher trainings, but I never have taught just a yoga class. I had a very hard time just doing that. Why that is because it's not just that can that can bring us into our bodies. It's sound vibration. It's the breath. It's bouncing up and down. It's screaming for a second. It's it's like rah, you know, roaring. It's taking our hair down and shaking it out and massaging our heads and like all of the things. Get really into the relationship with this body. And even right now, those of you who can't see me, I'm like, like squeezing my arms and squeezing my shoulders and squeezing my boobs and my belly and all of it and my butt and like all of it. Like this is, we want to be in relationship with this, but so much of it, we spend time in our heads, which then we are in disconnection with our, with this body. But then we're walking around zombies 
right? Like we're walking around uncomfortable, disconnected zombies. But what we all want is connection. We, what we all want is being in our heart and being in that vibration of love. Like all of us want that. So I just kept seeing and experiencing the pathway to that was to keep on letting go. And so the movements that we do are letting go movements. And so a lot of what we do in the pathway of embodied leadership is to express and release, express and release, leave no bounds un, unnoticed, unacknowledged in our bodies. So if there's a part of me that I really feel I am useless, I am useless. I just, I can't get it right. I'm a failure. You know, that's my deep, one of my deeper, deeper cores, those, those beliefs. Embrace that versus trying to negate it, trying to be away from it. And the more we try to do that, the, the further away from our bodies that we can get. So embracing the shadows, embracing those, and then holding them and being like, well, what do you have to say? You have some things to say too. Right? So there's like, there's all these processing things that we do, but it's in order to embrace all aspects of ourselves so that we can be in presence. Then we can be in that vibration of love. We can be in connection. Of, like those are the things that we truly, as the human collective, this is what we want. So that's what I noticed. I was like, we are all walking around in this disconnection. It's because we're up in here. So how can we, and we're utilizing, we utilize our bodies for that. We utilize what we've been given, the voice, our bodies, our little, you know, when we're babies, that that's all I have to say. When, okay, look at babies, look at little people, look at what they do. They're like, me, yeah, no, they're shaking, they're vibrating. They feel sad. They're, they're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to save that and journal about it later. No, they're like, then they get it out and they're done right they're done in like a few minutes done back to joy back to love and then the whole cycle happens again but but they're moving their energy and so that's the that's the key here is moving our energy keeping it moving breathing receiving you know all of that so I hope I answered your question You did. It was perfect. It was perfect. Okay. And your your work is so beautifully important because of that place of settling in that we have emotions, that we have places that they're stuck energy, and that we can't think our way out of it. And I love that we're all starting to remember that. I think like with all the trauma-informed therapy that's happening now, with the ways that we're getting into our bodies more. There's that understanding that just living from our neck up. You know, I used to say we live from our waist up, but now it's like from our neck up. (laughs) (laughs) And that place of dropping down into our feet, into our hips, into all the places. And it's, it's challenging. I've been really watching this in myself because I go in these phases where I go into writing, what I call writing mode. And I feel it the more and more I'm spending on the computer, my shoulders start locking forward, my hips get really tight and there's this collapse in the shoulder. And it's just that like, okay, sweetheart, open back up again. 
Uh, and to to keep but it's so easy to forget with especially the last year when we're on we're all on zoom so much and doing so much work Mm -hmm. online it's true it's It's even more important so how have you transitioned because I know that you are doing more stuff online and that you also just moved to Costa Rica. Yay. And everybody, this is so fun. So Himalaya and our friend Tonya and our friend Sophie were all, we were all in a circle together, mastermind. Mastermind. Yeah. Yeah, Together. And Sophie lived in Costa Rica and, and Himalaya was in um, Los Angeles and Tonya was in San Diego. San Diego. Like, right. 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 And now, All of you are in Costa Rica, which is all so three great. of us. Are, wait, that means you're coming, sister, because you're in the point. club. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're just leading. So, how has the transition been of moving to Costa Rica and then recreating your life? Because I love. We were talking before yeah. we started the podcast that you went home and we're like, "All right, let's start putting things into storage." And that decision of like, mm-hmm. actually, no, let's just let go. Mm-hmm. I'd love you to share the transition and what you're dreaming now and why. Like, what was the move? What was the invitation for you? Well, I will share, you know, 20 something years ago, I had the vision, like, you know, you know, when you're, when you're starting to really like see what is important to me, what would I, what would be like the most amazing vision for this lifetime? And back then the vision was a retreat center or a center where people come and we do beautiful work together, right? Like we do growth work together. And, and then I let it go because the world was, you know, my, my, my dharma was to go to festivals and keep on traveling. And that's what's been happening for 20 years, you know, with these conferences and just like yourself, we were like, you know, called and I would keep going. And I didn't have a, like a sense of home. The world was my home and that's fine. It was, you know, I accepted the dharma. It was challenging because I am a cancer by Western astrology and definitely like a home, but it just didn't happen very, very strongly. So I just kept going with it. We came to Costa Rica in November of 2020, and we were coming just for seven weeks. We ended up staying for six months. We were not planning on, you know, buying or anything, but the house that we chose to move into to rent was up for sale. And prior to moving in, when I, when we just signed the lease for it and we were still living in the other place, I was like, there's something about this land. I I don't know what it is. There's something about this land, this home. I don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was fully. And even when we got in, I was like, well, whoa, maybe we want to consider being the ones that buy this place, even though it's, it wasn't really in our field or anything like that. Anyway, next thing we know, I'm talking to the house and I'm like, okay, I feel you're talking to me. What do you want? <laughs> what is it that you want? What do you want land? What, what do you want? And it really felt like there was synergy. Well, okay. I'm not going to get into the whole story, but I will say when you have a vision and you just keep saying yes to the universe, you keep on serving, you keep on growing and expanding and embodying truly, it just works out that like we didn't know how this was going to happen. And it's all been magical. It's been so, so now we are here in Costa Rica and in a town called Athenas, Athens in English, but Athenas in Espanol. And it, and I didn't know, oh, I didn't even know how to count to 10 
in Espanol, in Espanol, six months, like when we moved first to Costa Rica. Um, and then when we got here to this house, we put an offer on it. That was a whole magical thing because she had another offer on the house that was cash offer, which ours was not cash offer. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I get to let go of this house. Like I went through a whole process because I was like, she's not going to choose us. But like, how could you when somebody's going to give you 200,000 cash? Like, that's just crazy. So we wrote her a letter saying, you know, we get it. There's, you know, these people are really nice. I'm sure we, we met them when they came to the house. It sounds like it's an alignment. It sounds like it's a really good offer. We, we want to just share, like, you know, we can feel the connection to the land. We honor your decision, all of that. We wrote from our hearts and she wrote back. She just, she just said like, listen, I do need the money and I have these other projects and like, definitely that's very, very appealing. And I also feel, you know, you do have a connection with the house. Two days later, I mean, I had to let go. So let go because there was, I was very, very likely that she was going to go the other way. So I let go so much that when two days later, she sent us an email saying, okay, I am choosing you guys. And here's my counter offer. And the counter offer was like really, really work workable. Gives me goosebumps. I had already let go so much. So I was like, wait, do we even want this anymore? <laughs> yes. It's such a cool it was such a cool experience for me. I was like, wow, I let go so much. And I was really attached. I was so sad. I was crying about this house, you know, in the land. Anyway, it took me a couple of hours to get back into the, oh, wait, yes, yes, yes. We want this. We want this. But everything then lined up for it. Uh, there was a point to the story. What was it? Um, oh, no. Going for oh. your vision. Staying yes. steady. Staying steady. And then we were, so she said, yes, we were, we like just called in. It all has, is working out. We've closed on the house now just a couple weeks ago. We closed, signed all the papers and all the things. So fun. And we then, we were really clear that we wanted to go back to the States. So we went back to the States a couple months ago and we were going to, you know, we had a four bedroom house there that we were renting in California. Um, this house is much smaller. Like it's two bedrooms versus a four bedroom. So there was a lot of stuff that, and we were like, not, we're not going to send all of our stuff to Costa Rica. That's just silly. We do not need to do that. Plus this house was mostly furnished and it was good furniture. Wasn't like bad, but we got to California. We got into the house and our original plan was let's put everything into storage, right? Like let's put all these things that we've collected for years and all this stuff. And then right away that first day we started this process. And I said to my partner, my husband, I said, what would it be like if we did nothing in storage? What if we put nothing in storage? What would that be like? And he was, he's a bit of a hoarder. Just don't tell him I told you, but it's a little bit of a hoarder. It runs in the family. <laughs> so he was on board though. It was so cool. He was so cool. And it was a process. We had three weeks. We did it. We did it. We 95, I would say 92, between 92 and 95% of our stuff, we gave away, we sold. The only things I kept, you know how you have to keep your taxes and your stuff for seven years. I kept that for five years. Don't tell the government so they don't audit me, but <laughs> I've got five years. Um, but the rest of it all like shredded and all the rest of it gone, gone, gone. It was a fascinating experience. Like and we did, we shipped 13 boxes to Costa Rica and two mattresses. So I did want to bring my mattresses here. I was very 
very clear. I did the math on it. I was like, oh no, this is what I want to bring. I want to bring these things. Um, and I'm glad I did because it was, you know, it was like stuff that we would have to buy all new, the kitchen stuff. That was really mostly it. I'm, I'm a kitchen person. So, so that was the thing is like, wow, if you had told me a year ago that we were going to be moving to Costa Rica and buying a house and an acre of land, I would have been like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I had let go of that vision so much that when it was, when it's here now, like I'm like, what? Every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. It's here. It's here. Like, we're, I, we, yes, you know? And that again is a testament, a testament, a, a test. I don't know what the word is, but it's a, a it's a pro for the embody work because the, there's no way my head could have created this. There's no way that I could have been guided from my head in this whole process. If you just keep on letting go, coming into presence through your body, you will be guided like no other, you know, it's the inner navigation system. It's your GPS. It's your ways right inside of your body. It tells you exactly where to go. It's so cool. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even know that you wanted to go there. And then you're like, I really did want to go here, but I forgot. Yes, 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 yes. And those are the, some of the obstacles that come up too. Oh, that needed to happen in order to. That needed to happen in order to. So I'm not sure how much time we have left, but I would love to. Whenever we do have, like, I would love to pick a card from our, Let's I have an Embody Oracle card deck. This is a project, uh, um, a partnership with a girlfriend of mine, a sister. Well, she's become now a soul, soul sister. Her name is Alexis Cohen. So uh, the Embody Oracle card deck, I was wondering if we would like to choose together. Everybody want to breathe together? Take a deep breath in. Knock on the deck, clear out any energies and shuffle the cards. And as you are breathing into the center of your being, go in past your belly button. Take that breath all the way down in past your sacrum. Let's pick a card for our consciousness, our collective here and now. What is the message that we are calling forward today? All right. Trust. Perfect. Thick. And y'all, these cards are so beautiful. The artwork is really, it, really extraordinary. Yes. The so muses. Trust. Yeah. So there's four pillars in this deck. The four pillars are value and worth, pleasure, spiritual integrity, and power. And this card is within the pillar of spiritual integrity, which is really interesting. Heather Ash, because this is the pillar that you um, first held strong for us in our first embody experience in person. I was in Los Angeles. So that I find that really fascinating. I love that. So these four pillars are the pillars for our embodiment, you know, our coming back home to ourselves. Trust is number 27. Trust says you are safe, held, and loved. Sacred sister. Your intuition is now guiding you to relax into the beautiful power of trust. Just as a child needs love from parental hearts, you too get to know you are held safe, safe and loved. Every situation and circumstance gives you the opportunity to reconnect with your birthright of confidence and faith. You can mend any broken trust by looking at nature, the way flowers bloom 
and butterflies come into new form out of the chrysalis. When you let go and trust, you welcome patience and the anxiousness disappears with renewed energy for creation itself. Your power is your own intuition. Listen to it and trust its guidance. You will now soar into greater capabilities and empower others with your wings spread wide to embrace life and all that you have to offer it. So every uh, message also has something we call the embody invitation. And this embody invitation says, unwind the spine. So today or sometime in the next 24 hours, do some circular motions with your spine. And the focus of this unwinding of the spine is to release release your nervous system, coming into that harmony of the flow of your nervous system and your spine can take you there. So I'm not going to read the directions of the Embody Invitation, but that's the message for us today is to trust. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much. And I will put the information around how to get the deck and that reminder for all of us of how important trust is and the sp- how important our spine is too. to, mm, I can feel that, that fluidity and flexibility. And, and I just had a flash. I'm like, I want to bring a group to you. It'd be so amazing to come and do something together down there. Yes. So I'm going to plant yes, that yes. seed. Okay, we're planting 2022. 2022. Yeah. Plant, yeah. plant, 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 plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like it. I like it too. It's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And then, okay, two things. What's uh, something that you'd love to leave the this the people that are listening, the beautiful ones that are listening. And then also, do you want to play some music really quick and we can all dance around as part of the closing yes. yumminess? Yes, 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 yes. Let me see if I can play that. So what I want to leave us all with is imagine, imagine a world, your world, without constant, the constant nagging of worry were actually no I'm going to leave it like that what if what if what would your world look like without worry and this is a big one for us women I've been really realizing this one myself it's like whoa when when we don't need to worry like life is different and the pathway through again is movement and that's what we're gonna end on here so let me get something going on here let me see if this Can you hear this? Yes. Okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> so this is so happy. Yes, exactly. Get up, get a little bounce in your body. So yeah, you can just bend your knees here. Bounce your shoulders. Feel that joy from this music. Let it just bounce into every single single cell in your body. So try what it feels like to make 
Like either you're slubbering your lips or letting your tongue dance. Pound your shoulders. Walk it outside to the There's a little celebration for you. Perfect. Oh my gosh. So fun. So good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your music and your heart and your play and your skill. It's always so joyful to dance with you. And to remember to feel that embodiment. I'm like at 10,000 feet, so I'm also, <laughs> oh yeah, the Matowski right. Valley, which is great. <laughs> All right, love, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And I look forward to having you back as well and to playing with you in Costa Rica sometime soon. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. Thank you. Yay. Oh my God, so fun. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a fellow warrior goddess. If you felt fully empowered and inspired by what you heard today, we want to know about it. You can share your feedback by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We thank you for your support. It's the fastest way to fuel the revolution. To learn more about the Warrior Goddess Revolution and other Warrior Goddess offerings, visit us at www.warriorgoddess.com.